You're listening to the Influence by Design podcast. My name is Tina Murray, and today I'm taking over Sam's mic. So stay tuned. Let's see what we can get from her. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for coaches, course creators, and experts who want to grow their influence, income, and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. Create the influence, income, and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. This is the Influence by Design podcast. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Oh my goodness, Tina, I'm doing so well. It's the first interview in my new office and I'm so excited to be chatting to you because we haven't chatted for such a long time. No, we haven't and I've missed you. Like, But what I love is looking at you in your new office, you're looking like you're beginning to get settled and how exciting is it to be in a whole new environment, new beginnings? How do you feel about that? Super exciting. I'm someone that gets very bored very easily. (laughs) Hence why I've done something like 35 moves in my life. For most people, they hate moving house. I actually love moving house. This is the third time I've moved within Australia. They laughed at me. Went and got my new license yesterday and she's like, you're, you know, your place of birth. And she went, but hang on, you're coming from Sydney, aren't you? And yeah, yeah, I'm just making my way around Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Just moving up bit by bit. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, there's good beaches at Noosa, so enjoy. Mm, Will do. Now, you know, I know that you're a business geek and I love listening to your podcast and getting all that information. And I know when I was doing my own podcast, I always learned from every single person I spoke to. And often it was something I would never expect to have learned. So what stands out for you in these stories that you're hearing from people? What stands out for you? Oh, this is such a cool question because I know from a podcast host to a podcast host, that you just, you do, you get something different from every person. But I guess the one thing that I get from every single episode, and we're at 300 and something on this show, and I did 100 episodes on Unlimited Influence, and, you know, I've got another couple of podcasts. But the theme that comes up all the time is that the people that are successful always go through the crazy, tough times, the times that they you know, they almost dropped it and went, I can't do this anymore. Or they've all had times where they just wanted to walk away. And that is completely normal. I've never spoken with anyone that's just had this beautiful line of success from point A to point B where nothing went wrong. And I love hearing these stories from people of resilience and of how they got through to come to the other side, I guess. And to also understand that even some of those bad times or those rough times or those, you know, those roller coaster journeys, they're not a one-off event either, that they continue forever and ever and ever. And that to be in business, we do need to learn how to cope with those little, you know, those times. Like what are we going as business owners, what are we going to tap into or who are we going to call into our world or what are we going to, what resources I guess are we going to have at our fingertips to be able to move through these these times because you know we're all in business because we love it we wouldn't be here unless we did mm. because let's face it it is tough and for all of the super super highs that we have we also also have some super super lows 
So I love hearing other people's stories of where they've come from, what they've done to get through. Mm. And do you think we know that we need to have those stories to be able to understand where we've come from and bring that into where we're going? Do you think that's an important part of being in business and knowing your direction forward? I think so, because when we see people that we perceive that's at a certain level, like they may really be there, but let's face it, sometimes we put people on pedestals that really aren't kind of where we think they are. We are unable to see ourselves in whatever that story is. And we can create these story in our own head of it's okay for that person because they've got money or it's okay for that person because they know these people or insert any other ridiculous story there (laughs) because they are all ridiculous because guess what? We were all born and on day one, none of us knew anything about business. None of us had any of our contacts, any of the money that we've made. Of course, some people, you know, do have money in their families, but we're all born with exactly the same, nothing. Mm -hmm. So hearing those stories does help us to relate and understand, okay, well, that person did come from there. Yeah. And how much, I don't know, when you talk about human design and how much about that's related to who we are as a person, and obviously those stories help us to see not just the good sides of ourselves but the shadow side. Yeah. Would you like to talk more about how we can integrate the good parts of our shadow side into what we do and where we go? Well, I think it's really important to understand that we do have all of these different parts of us and that's what makes us up to be who we are. So to put this into, I guess, a different idea, we can't have happiness without sadness. If we didn't know sadness, we wouldn't know what happy was. And that's exactly the same as our shadow side. So we have to understand what it is. And I think the biggest part of understanding this shadow side is not keeping it in a closet and or keeping it hidden under the rug and not I guess, acknowledging that it's there Mm. because that's when it turns into all sorts of things like shame or guilt. You know, it starts to rear its ugly head and to turn into something that it's not. Mm. And to understand that the shadow side isn't bad because that's when it starts to control us. Mm -hmm. And to understand that if we acknowledge this side of us, then it can't control us because we're now in control of what's happening. And I think that that's really important to understand that we also, we need to have all of it and we do have all of it and to embrace having all of it Mm. and yeah, and shine a light to it and lean into it. And how do you teach your clients and work with your clients to lean into it? Because that's the toughest thing to do. You know, it's funny, we were just talking about it on a group call only just a couple of hours ago. (laughs) We were talking about, you know, having, actually we were talking about being in alignment. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people think that being in alignment means things are easy, that they feel peaceful and joyful and happy and all of these things. But in actual fact, that's not what in alignment is at all. In alignment means doing things that are in alignment with our purpose and in alignment with who we are as a person. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that the journey is going to be easy. It does not mean that everything's going to be, you know, roses and lollipops. It doesn't mean that at all. So we were actually talking about on the call this morning saying, you know, who do we need to have in our inner circle? What resources do we need to have at our fingertips? What is the process 
that when you get challenged, that is your next step. You know, who are you reaching out to? Who do you need to speak to? What website are you going to? Whatever it is. And being very aware that it's not easy, but being courageous enough to lean into that because it's very easy, right? It's very easy to give up. It's very easy to say, this is hard. And actually, this is something I hear all the time. This is hard. It's not meant for me. Wow. That's a load of BS. Mm. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that it's not meant for you. And we hear this a lot from many spiritual kind of communities. You know, it's meant to be easy. No, it's not. This is life. (laughs) (laughs) And if we want to get to the level and be the best that we can, we're going to come up against a lot of these roadblocks, bumps, challenges, you know, brought down to our knees sometimes. Mm. And that it is about being courageous and leaning into them. So there's not one answer to how do you lean into that, Mm. but it's being aware that there's a lot of different resources and that you do need to be aware that they're there so that when the time is tough, that it's a lot easier to go, oh, I know the answer to this. I need to reach out to such and such, not, oh my goodness, I'm on my knees. I need to go get into bed and put the doona over my head and pretend that this is never happening to me. (laughs) That's okay for a little bit. You're allowed to do that too. (laughs) I did do that yesterday for just a small amount of time. (laughs) That's what moving house does to you. (laughs) Exactly. But talk to me more about courage because that's not something that we talk about much in our modern lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. How long do we have? I mean, <laughs> courage is such a huge topic, isn't it? And I think that what's interesting, I guess when I think about it for myself, I used to think that courage was confidence, that feeling brave was something that felt like, oh, yeah, I've got this. What I've learned in my later, more mature years (laughs) is that courage actually usually feels like the opposite. It usually feels like fear or doubt or all of these things Mm. and that it's interesting and I'd love to hear your take on this too, Tina, because you've done some really courageous things in your life that it's interesting when other people go, oh, my goodness, like you're so brave or you're so courageous and you're like, Mm. wow, that's interesting. It looked like that from the outside because on the inside I was shitting myself. Mm. Like I was really, I really struggled with that or I was super fearful when I was doing that. And it was interesting. It just happened last week because I posted that, you know, that we were 24 hours off our move and someone that I had known from being in the dance world 10 years ago said, I just love it that you're always so positive and you're so motivating and inspiring and that you're so brave to do these things. And I was like, wow, that's interesting that she wrote that because that particular time I was sitting down there going, I don't know that I can pull all this together and the, you know, the removal is this and that's happening and I don't know what I'm doing and is this the most silly thing I've ever done in my life? But she saw it as courageous, and I guess it is because I took the step, Mm. but I didn't feel brave. So I don't know if I've actually answered the question because, you know, I don't know that there is an answer. But I guess for me, understanding that being courageous is not a feeling that I thought it was when I was younger, Mm. that 
usually to be courageous, there's a lot of doubt there to take that step forward into the unknown. But I really, I really would love to hear from you on this one because well, you've made me think with that because I had something similar years ago. You know, I've travelled a lot and I've been lucky to do a lot of travel. And twice it happened in really short succession. I went on a couple of trips overseas in this year, and two different male friends of mine said to me, "Oh, you're so brave to travel on your own," because both of them were single, and they're like, "I don't like travelling on my own." And for me, I just turned to them and said, well, if I don't go on my own, I'm not going. Mm. There's no one else who could come with me on these trips. So it wasn't about being brave. It was just about, well, I either do it on my own or I don't do it. Now, what would I prefer? To do it. Yeah, and totally miss out. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. And when you think of courage, that's the only two choices you've got. Mm. Am I going to do this? Or am I going to miss out? Mm. Am I going to build a seven-figure business or am I not? Am I going to move to somewhere where I really want to live or am I going to have regrets? Mm. There's only two options. So for me, I see that there is no choice, just like you, and I love that you said that, because mm. I don't want to have regrets. I don't want to be getting to the end of my life and thinking I wish or mm. whatever those thoughts are. I just don't want to be there. I want to be thinking, wow, I had such an amazing life that was so filled with experiences and beautiful people that I'm so glad that I had this opportunity. That's how I want to be living my life. And I think, though, in both the examples we've used, and I'm sure there's ample more that might disprove this, but both of them have been other people saying we're brave. It's not us feeling we're brave. It's just like, mm -mm. I'm just going to do it. Mm. So maybe bravery is about perception. Totally. And I think, and I know that I spoke about this in another Mike Takeover episode actually a couple of years ago with Joe Pardo, and we were talking about the first event that I ran in the United States. And when we were talking about it, because that was a huge thing for me and I did not feel courageous at all doing that. But on the other side, I actually did feel brave. Mm. I got home and I was like, wow. I did that and I felt so good because I'd backed myself. And I think that that's the thing. When you do lean into something and you are courageous, then you're giving yourself a bank of evidence that goes, mm. I did do it and I survived and it really felt good. Yeah. Like the journey may not have felt good. Like there was all sorts of personal limitations that I had to overcome, mm. but I felt really, really awesome on the other side to go, you know what, I did that. I'm so proud of myself. And I think too, even if it doesn't work out, there's still that sense of that. And the reason I'm thinking that is, as you know, I went through IVF on my own there many years ago and that was a tough period mm. but and it didn't work. But I always can look back and say I gave it everything I had. Yeah. And so even when you're talking about you're going to America and doing that work, yes, it was tough going all the way through it and you had a really good success at the end of it, but in my case, I didn't have the success, but I actually don't have any regrets about it because I did put everything into it and I suppose was courageous. But again, I just felt like I didn't have a choice. Do it or don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're right because there was nothing else that you could do. Mm. So at that point, you're like, I did everything. Yeah. Yeah. We touched on things being meant to be and tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel more and more you are more open about 
woo and <laughs> other things in your podcast and you probably were years ago when you were the business geek which you still are yes but I feel like you bring more and more into it and you definitely talk a lot about gut feeling uh-huh. would you like to um, share with me about how all of that comes in integrating with the work that you do yeah so whilst I didn't talk about it I've always been that way mm. you know there's a couple of times where where I didn't, and that built the bank of evidence that I was just talking about of, don't ever do that again, Sam, because it doesn't work out so well for you. (laughs) But I've always been quite spiritual, but I didn't talk about it for so much time because I thought, or my perception was, that if I talked about that, then people wouldn't take my business side seriously. Mm -hmm. So, And I've just got to a point where I'm like, actually, it's the opposite. The right people in my world need to know that I tap into these modalities and these resources, because if I don't tell them, I'm actually letting them down. So that's why I started talking about it a lot more. But yeah, using my gut feeling, this is something that I think everyone feels differently. And I think it's really important that you do use your muscles your intuition muscles or your you know your your gut feelings or however you want to talk about it because you need to start to build up your bank of evidence and start to realize well i felt that and i went against it and this is what happened or i felt it and i went with it and this is what happened Mm -hmm. because without your bank of evidence it's very difficult to understand how to use it so when i work with my clients and always in my human design sessions one of the first things i say is After this session, journal all the time. Like I did this and it felt like this and this was the outcome. So because when you're doing something that's new, you may not tap into it even happening. You may not even be aware that it's happening because it's something that you haven't noticed before. Mm -hmm. So by journaling, you're able to look back and say, okay, well, oh, look, I did it on all of these times and and it's working in my favor, but you may not have noticed. So definitely journaling is a way to get that bank of evidence mm. on sort of doing this. And, and I know this is going a little off what you were talking about, but I feel like it's relevant because it just happened. So I'm going to go with my gut here. <laughs> I just got off a call with another friend of mine in Adelaide and we were talking about manifestations and when I originally had the idea to move to Noosa, and I don't know where it came from, it was so far left field. I'd never, ever thought of living in Noosa, and it was just really bizarre. But I started noticing that all of a sudden all these little little things were coming in, and we'd come up, and we weren't really sure if we wanted to move here, and we came up again, and we couldn't kind of find any houses. And then in January, I sat down, and I wrote in my journal exactly what I was calling in. And I wrote down this house of this is what the front door looks like and this is what the front garden looks like and this is how many pendant lights are over the kitchen bench and this is the room where the door leads out to the swimming pool and this is where the vegetable pod's going to go and all of the it was like really really detailed mm. and when we walked in I just went oh that's really cool I like that front door <laughs> and then as we're walking through I'm like oh oh this is it (laughs) so whilst this isn't what you were talking about i think that this is another part of my woo side that i'm really tapping into is getting really really clear on what i want and journaling and writing down these things so you can start to call them in Mm -hmm. and yeah we were just talking about it with another friend and she'd done the same thing and she said it was really funny 
because her husband found her journal and went, Nick, have you seen what's in this journal? <laughs> have you read this? Have you seen where we're living? So, and I think it's really cool. So yeah, trust your gut, trust your intuition and get very clear on what you want so that you can start to call it in. And obviously that clarity comes down to in human design and when you're working with people, that clarity needs to be about who you are as a person. As you said, taking in their shadow side, taking in woo or not to woo. How do you feel that we can evolve with all of those things? We talked a little bit earlier about getting a little bit older and wiser or maybe a little bit older and having more fun. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All of the above, a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. (laughs) What have you found that's great about just that ageing process as we learn and live and get more, more miles under our belt? What's been great about that process for you? I think for me it's letting go of the stories, which I think is sort of where you were heading there, is that a lot of the rules and boundaries that I put around myself when I was younger were what I thought other people wanted of me, Mm. of this is what I thought it looked like to run a business and it meant that I had to work this many hours or I had to do it in this way. As I've gotten older and even, even more in the last two years, so it'll be interesting to see what happens coming, you know, forward from here, but it's, it's letting go more and more of those rules that we perceive are coming from the outside and really getting clear on what it is that I want and letting go of my self-judgment in what that looks like. So, you know, I talk a lot about living your life by design and, you know, having your life how you want it and working, you know, the hours that feels good to you. And yet even just last night, Leon and I were going through an exercise together and I went, you know what, I actually only want to work this amount of half days a week and I went wow that actually felt really good saying that because even I didn't notice until last night that I still had some sort of judgment on myself of to be a successful business owner I need to do this Mm. so that's what I love as I've gotten older is just to be more aware of myself and my wants and my needs not in a way that makes other people's life unhappy you know i still want to look after the people around me of course but in a way that i want to if i want to do it i just want to do it and one of my other friends last year we were talking about this and he said sam i heard this quote and i don't know where it came from but i say it every day to myself and to my husband leon I want what I want because I want it. And that is the end of the story. I love it. <laughs> and when this was said to me, I was like, wow, I'm going to take that on. And I have, I say it every single day, I want what I want because I want it. And that is the end of the story. That's gold. Mm, yeah. And that's now part of your story. Absolutely. So thanks, Steve, if you're listening, for sharing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've done a full circle because we started with story and what you've learned from other people's stories and we're finishing up with what you've learned in your own story to date and how that's evolving. So thanks, Sam. Tina, I would love, before we finish up, you have just taken on a new little journey in your life of being a celebrant and this is very, very new for you. 
I would love to know before we leave, what inspired you to do this? Because yours, you've been an interior designer, a beautiful interior designer for a very long time. Thank you. What made you step out and decide to be a celebrant? Well, it's funny because over 20 years ago, someone I went used to go boxing with said, if you're a celebrant, I would actually have you marry us. And that's always stuck with me. And back in those days, there's very limited the number of people who could be celebrants. But to me, being a celebrant is not much different from being an interior designer. I am listening to people's stories about what they want, whether it's what they want for their big day and everyone's day is completely different, what they're after. Or if it's a funeral, how we want to celebrate someone's life. And that's all about stories. And so as an interior designer, I'm listening to people's stories. What do they need? What do they want? How do they want to feel? What's the environment they want? And a celebrant's just creating an environment for someone's special day. And I've always been fascinated by people's stories. I love them. And I've been lucky enough to really enjoy writing and I seem to be able to capture what people are saying when they give me their story and I present it back to them. So it's just great. You And especially doing funerals because celebrating someone's life and how often have you been to a funeral and someone says, oh, I never knew that about that person. Mm-hmm. And there's all these stories that we all have and we know pockets of people's lives. Most of us don't know a full part of someone's life. And it's lovely to hear those stories and to have people take them away and to be able to remember that person and they keep on living through those stories that we keep on telling. So, yeah, for me it's not a big jump. It's just about creating a great environment and creating what people want, which is what I do as an interior designer. I love that so much. So for anyone that's in Adelaide that is looking for a celebrant and connects with you and what you're all about, where can they learn more about you? Uh, Easy enough. Um, My website's my name. So tinamurray.com.au. Love it. Tina, thanks so much for taking over the mic today. I've absolutely loved our chat. Thank you. I've loved getting to know beyond the business geek, which I already know and love. It's just nice to get that step in to see a little bit more. And great luck with your place in Noosa and your, what do you say, 30th move? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's 35, but who's counting? (laughs) Thanks, Tina. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other coaches and experts who are growing and scaling their business too, come and join the Coaches Course Creators and Speakers group on Facebook. The links are all waiting for you over at samanthariley.global.